The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Men and morality. Now, some of you may be coming tonight uh, hoping that we're going to have this intense talk about the details of your sexuality. Uh, hate to let you down, but we're not. I'm actually going to take you on a journey tonight. And yes, it will have to do with your sexuality. And the sexuality uh, that is now in the world. And we're going to take a little journey on what the enemy is doing with our society. And it just so happens that pornography and uh, what's really called degrading uh, media is just simply used to accomplish what I'm going to show you tonight. With men, when you show them what it is they're fighting, you, in fact, if you want to frustrate a man, you get him fighting the air. Get him fighting something he doesn't know what he's fighting. And you will wear him out so fast, it is unbelievable. And that's a technique that the enemy uses. Getting men to fight something that they don't even know they're fighting. But as soon as you show a man what he needs to fight or what he is fighting, something changes. That's been my experience in counseling men. The world cries out for men who are strong and they've got convictions and they stand up for what they believe. They're not afraid to lead. They're not afraid to have people following them. And they're not afraid to suffer. I got this quote from one of my favorite, absolute favorite female authors. Elizabeth Elliot, who wrote a book to her nephew. No, wrote letters to her nephew from a woman's heart trying to explain what she loves to see in a man. There's some of the most powerful pieces of truth in, in these letters that ultimately ended up being put in a book called The Mark of a Man. By Elizabeth Elliot. You want to give a great book to young men to help them understand what it looks like to be a man from from uh, through the eyes of a woman. It's a great book. I think it's a great book for all of us to read. I'm constantly quoting out of it. And uh, and plus, I believe she's an author that does hear the Lord. She's got a very dynamic relationship and walk with God. Well, this is one of her quotes. She believes, and I believe, that the world is hunting for strong men. Now here is a woman saying, the world's hunting for strong men. I don't know if you guys have noticed lately, but you know, our men in America, and I think pretty much worldwide, although there are certain pockets in the world that you see men acting like raging maniacs, Throwing gas bombs and throwing rocks. They'll do anything crazy to make a stand. Now, call them terrorists. 
Call them what you want. But I'll tell you what, and please do not misunderstand me because I am not for terrorism. But I have a whole lot more respect for what it is they're doing than I do for most American men. Now, do I believe in what they're throwing the gasoline bombs for? No. But see, they're strong. They're immovable. And they have convictions that they are willing to die for. And they are not afraid to lead. They, they all want to lead. They're not afraid to suffer. That's for sure. And you know what? In the raw description of a man, for some reason, you see them in those radical groups. Just raw man. Can you imagine taking that raw man and turning them into a tender warrior that has all, all that strength and conviction and willing to stand and suffer and lead people and have them tender at the same time, not terrorists? Oh my. You would actually have what's classified as a godly leader. That's what I want to go to my grave with. I want my wife and my children and my grandchildren and great-grandchildren to describe their father, husband, or grandfather as a man who stood to the very end for what he believed. And once you have convictions, you, you are able to stand. It's very easy. So now we have the plot you got to get rid of the convictions in the man. And the best way to do it is to keep his hands out of his pocket and his Peter out of his pants. That's the best way. And I'm not exaggerating. I have quotes, and I, that was my first message. I was bringing in statistics from Switzerland and Saudi Arabia and, you know, I was, I was finding all this stuff on pornography and, you know, all this stuff that's going on in the world or whatever. I think that's why the Lord wanted me to dump all that. He had a special message in mind called His Truth. But I did find one significant, interesting piece of information. And that's Switzerland claims that the reason why that they have not been at war for, I can't remember how many years it's been, it's like a lot, is because of the openness they have of what we call pornography, but what they would call the nakedness in their society. They want to play, let them have it. Now, I will kind of get uh, graphic just a little bit here when it comes to us guys and our sexuality. In fact, I'm going to ask it in the form of a question, and that is, how do you feel? Now, if there's some of you guys here and you're not married, and, and uh, the only way you could relate to this is if you masturbate. And even if you masturbate, you don't get this feeling that we're about to talk about completely. So you married men are probably, or experienced immoral men, are going to really be the ones to help me uh, get this question answered. But how does a man feel...
after he has intimate, passionate, has made intimate, passionate love with his wife. Now, I'm not talking about the 10-minute wham-bam, thank you, ma'am. I'm talking about good half hour to an hour working up to it, and then there's this great climax, and then there's this, you know, just beautiful experience that you had. How do you feel afterwards? <laughs> Time to take a nap. <laughs> now the wife gets up and goes and does a Bible study. Seriously. Women wake up and men go to sleep. You just remember that as we go through the rest of tonight's talk. Women wake up and men go to sleep. So you want to keep a man asleep? What are you going to do to his society? Keep his hands out of his pocket and his Peter out of his pants. Compulsive masturbation, and the best way to do that is through pornography and lust of the eye, or even exaggerating sexual contact within the marriage. And what I mean by that is raping your wife. He said, oh, come on. You can't rape your wife. I've been a counselor for 26 years and there are many men that rape their wives. They got it off of some show, a movie, you know, the internet, whatever. They're very rough with them. They do not, it is not lovemaking. And the women do feel like they're being raped. And they're married. It's the wham bam, thank you, ma'am. We just have other ways of expressing it like, honey, I have a need tonight. No, you're taking advantage of her. Sexual intimacy has nothing to do with you getting ready to blow up. Have you ever seen a guy blow up on impact? Because, <laughs> seriously, because he, because he couldn't make love. No. You see, but that's how these ladies express it. To me, as a counselor, it's like, if I don't give it, he, he comes home, you know, honey, I've got needs, and I'm going crazy, you know. Well, that's a sign to me. I'd, I'd say, well, would you see today, honey? Would you look at today, honey? Because true sexual intimacy is the peak of giving to each other. Not wanting to take something from the other. So we've got to take a little walk in the park in our degrading society and kind of see where a lot of this is coming from. That's what tonight's about. That's why it's a little bit different. Now, here's what the Word says in Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 17. It says, live life. And we're commanded. God wants us to live life with a due sense of responsibility. Not as men who do not know the meaning and purpose of life, but as those who do. Make the best of your time despite all the difficulties of the days. Don't be vague, but firmly grasp what you know to do the will of the Lord. Now, one of the first questions that I ask Guy when I start to disciple him, and, what it, and, the, and the question is, what is your pattern of reading the Bible? Guys, what do you think the guesstimated percentage of guys that say they're into reading the Bible because they want to 
Not because of the law tells them to do it, or they have to have their quiet time to be a good Christian, but because they want to. Let's just take ten guys. How many of those ten guys do you think fit into that category? Zero. Not a one hits the chart. Line ten women up. Ten women. Same question. How many think are going to end up on the chart? Eight out of the ten. Now, these are Christian ladies. I'm not talking about just people in general. Why is that? Why do they have this... I'm we're talking desire and passion to be into the Word of God. Now, that's not to say, by the way, that there are no men that do not have this passion. I do have that kind of passion. But if you just grab ten men, just I grab ten of you, just like that, and then ask you that question, the odds are I'm going to hit zeros more than I am getting a guy out of every ten. Why would that be? He's passioned out. Taxed out. If you do not believe that your passions can be overspent, then you don't understand mankind. That's why you fall asleep after you have sexual relations. You're spent. Your body is literally designed that it it pulls together every single hormone it can spare for this moment. And it just grabs it from everywhere. It's called an orgasm. Physically, biologically, what's going on is your hormones are, are doing the, what they're ordered to do, of pulling together to complete this one task. You think it's just a bunch of fun. God calls it necessary for procreation. Or we wouldn't have people if it was not full of pleasure. So, I'm just kind of laying the ground rules a little bit here. Some of the tools that the enemy has decided to pick up and use against you and me. He's got to get you spent. He has to get you to overspend your passion so you have just no desire for anything else. It's called impotence. Here's another interesting statistic. I've got to be careful not to do this because what I'm not supposed to. But when you start talking to all these guys who have struggles with impotency, that's the reason they're coming in for counseling. How many of those guys do you think have been bound by uh, particularly pornography? Every one of them. Unless the impotence is physically related. There's very few cases of that, but unless it's physically related. Like they're on medicine or you know something. The very thing that excites them is the very thing that dulls them. Huh, let's see. Women wake up, men fall asleep. As soon as you got a man falling asleep sexually, he can take his whole society. He can take his family, his kids, his country. Just keep him spent. You've been listening to A Counselor's Point of View. Our topic has been men and morality. 
You can obtain a full copy of this message by logging on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. Just click on our resource page and scroll down until you see Men and Morality. We'd be more than willing to send you a copy of this CD. There's also a workbook that I've written that we recommend you go through. It's called Sexual Temptations of Man. Thank you for joining us. This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at iomamerica.org. That's iomamerica.org.